Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. And I believe with all my heart that um, as much as we've gone through, as much as we've experienced, and the craziness of it is, we're going to have a blast in 2021. We're going to have a really, really good time. As, as individuals, make that decision right now. Make that decision that you're not going to let things get you down. You're not going to let things push you around. You're not going to let anything but Jesus guide and direct your life. And you're going to have hope and strength and encouragement and joy regardless of circumstance. Amen? Amen. Amen. Good. All right. We got that out of the way. All right. I'm excited about this series that we're going to start today called, wait, what? I know we started it a little bit. I kind of teased it on the week before Christmas. We talked about Mary and Mary hearing from the Lord that you're going to have a baby. And she's like, wait, what? And then Joseph hearing that Mary's going to have a baby is like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, and then they needed angels to show up to, to convince them that this wait, what moment is going to be okay. It's going to work out. Actually, Mary's going to carry the son of God. And that's a pretty big deal, right? And so... Um, I want to start just by giving a vision for this series because I think the vision is going to help us understand where God is taking us as a church. So if you're on site or online, this is the vision for the series. There's, you know, when, when I pray and I ask God, uh, I, I did a, a prayer uh, and planning retreat in the beginning of December and it was a great time of having this confirmation happen in my heart that what we need as a church leading into Easter of this year is a series that encourages us to be participants in the miraculous work of life change. Did you hear that? This vision is to understand that nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is too hard for God, that we will be participants. We, not Pastor Ricardo, just Pastor Ricardo, or not just Ron, or not just people that are, are called to vocational ministry, but everyone in the body of Christ are to be participants in the miraculous work of life change. And so I want us to believe, I believe what God wants in these next six weeks is for us to have our faith encouraged to believe that nothing is too hard for him. And yet we're going to be asked to do, wait, what? Things. You're going you're gonna to be asked by God to do things that you're like going, wait, what? You want me to speak to who? You want me to do what? You want me to give what? You want me to, uh, you know, hear what? And, and it's going to be that kind of life that we live. That's the life that God wants us to live. And that'll make more sense as this message goes on. He wants us to act faithfully. He wants us to move in faith. And, and what that means is that you can't experience the results of faith without first acting in it. There's no way to experience a miracle until you believe for it. And not only that, but it's the, it's the reaching out and pulling the hand up of the, of the, of the, the person that, that's, that's a paralytic and saying, in the name of Jesus, I don't have money, I don't have anything that you're asking for, but what I do have is Jesus, the healing power of God. And you have to act. If there's no action, there's no faith. The, the, the Bible says very clearly, without, faith, without works, without action, faith is dead. Faith without works is dead. And so you can't go anywhere, do anything. Faith will never be activated if we don't do something. 
And so what I believe is God is, is asking us to act in faith and walk faithfully before him. He has chosen us to do wait what activities. He's chosen you and me as individuals and as a corporate body. We're going to be asked as a church to stretch ourselves in faith. And you're going to be asked as an individual or a couple to act in faith and do great things for God. And he has already gone before us. We need to understand that. And that there is a great harvest to be had here in Ventura County. Do you believe that? There are more non-Christians today. There are more people that are far from God. There are more people that have yet to experience God's love, grace, and forgiveness than there are in church today. And that includes all of our churches, not just this one. All of the churches. There's more people that aren't in church than are in church. And that means that people need to understand. And church isn't what saves you, Jesus is. But we want to, to reach as many people as we possibly can. I believe that this series is going to help us understand that there is nothing too hard for God. There's nothing beyond the reach of Vent, uh, Journey Church Ventura to be part of a revival of uh, salvation in our community. Do you believe that? Yes. All right. One person believes that. <laughs> Praise God. Come on. Let's believe that God is able to do above and beyond what we could ever ask or think. Let's not depend on our own uh, understanding, our own knowledge. And so today, Wait What is about the revelation that nothing is too hard for God. All he needs is willing people to act in faith and obedience to him. Hear that again. Let me, hear, let me read that. This whole series is about Wait What is about the revelation that nothing is too hard for God. All he needs is willing people to act in faith and obedience to him. Let's make, let's make some sense of this. Um, <clears throat> In Genesis chapter 17, we have a story, and I'm not going to read the entire story, at least I'll try not to, um, of what's happening with God and Abram, Abram and Sarai, or Abraham and Sarah, as as, as many know this couple. They're a unique couple, but they start with the names Abram and Sarai. And uh, unique about their names, we'll talk about in just a minute. But in in Genesis chapter 17, we're, we're coming up on, on the middle of a story. And so what's happening in Genesis 15, uh, Ab- Abram is told by God to, to leave his country and go somewhere. And what is characteristic of Abram, in most cases, is that he believes God. He wasn't told where to go. He was just told to leave, that he's going to go and inherit a land that God is going to give them, and he will become the father of many nations. And that is a crazy thing because he was told that at 75 years old, okay, and, had, and hadn't had kids with Sarai yet. And so there's no kids, but he's told that he's going to be the father of many nations. He goes, and a, a little bit longer, he begins to get impatient. He and his wife, Sarai, get impatient, and they're like, when are we going to have a kid that could be the father of many nations? It's not happening yet. It's not happening yet. And so Abraham and Sarai get this thing in their head that, well, if it's not happening yet, that means we must do something. Now, this is where it goes wrong in this story, is that Abram and Sarai decide, okay, we have a handmaiden named Hagar. Let's have Abraham have, uh, make, uh, get together with, well, that's, I'm just trying to keep this good, all right? Let's get Abraham and Hagar together, and they can have a baby together, and then that will be the child that will help us have, be the father of many nations. And that's Sarai's idea. 
That wasn't even Abraham's idea. Of course, Abraham's like, yeah, that sounds really good to me. <laughs> kind of a dumb thought, but it, it sounded really good to him. And so he gets together with Hagar. They have a baby named Ishmael. Okay? And then we get to Abraham and, Abram and Sarai when Abram's 99 and Sarai is 90. And in verse seven, or, or chapter 17 of Genesis, it says this, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make a covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. So he starts right off with this whole idea that it, <clears throat> he's 99 years old, God appears to Abram, and, and he says to Abram, the first thing he says is this, and this is, this is critical to everything that when, when we become wait what people, when we become people of faith, when we become people that are willing to do whatever God asks, we understand this number one thing, and God makes it clear. He goes, I am God Almighty. Okay, this is El Shaddai. I am God Almighty. I am the one who is in charge. That's because Abraham needed to be reminded that God is in charge. It's not Sarai and him coming up with the idea to have Ishmael. That was a bad idea. That was a human idea. That was Abraham, Abraham and Sarai's idea to try and solve the problem. And their impatience created a, a, a problem for them that will later pay a big price. What's happening in your life today? What are some ideas that you've come up with that you think, if I could just hurry up God's plan in my life? And you come up with these ideas, and I've done it in my life. I've, I've, I've stepped out and I've got, oh, I need to do this for God because God said that he would do this for me later on. And so instead of letting him do it for me, I did it for myself. And then all of a sudden what was for myself got all rotten and not good. And then pretty soon I had to go, okay, God, I'll let you do it. Is that not kind of a process that we, many of us go through? Is that not a process of, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do this and I'll, I'll solve the problem or I'll take this shortcut or I'll do this thing and all of a sudden it doesn't bear fruit, the kind of fruit that you expected it to bear fruit. And this is after 25 years. Here, here's the interesting thing is that Abram, after he obeyed God 25 years ago, heard the message that he was going to be the father of many nations, but while he was trying to obey God, he disobeyed God. And 25 years later, and I know that's, the, even in today's world, that seems like a long time, and 25 years later, God again shows up and says, all right, let's settle one thing first. I am the God Almighty. I am the one that you need to depend on, not you. And if you're here today and you're depending on you and you think it's up to you and you think, you know, this is, this is something a pastor has to deal with all the time. Is the, is the growth of the church up to me? No. No, God forbid that it would be ever up to me. It would be up to me to be obedient, to hear God's voice, but to do whatever God says and to be whatever God wants me to be and not to get in the way of God. Or think that I'm doing something and I can solve the problem and I can be impatient. I'm, I'm an impatient dude at times and I want to just get things going and let's get this happening and let's come on, let's hurry up and, and all these things. And 
I can get in God's way just by wanting to be it. And 25 years later, God shows up and he, 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 he reminds Abram, before me, uh, walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Blameless means single-hearted or pure or holy. Then I will make my covenant between me and you. So let's get back to the beginning, Abram. Let's get back to that place where I'm in charge, where it's only me and not you, not Sarai. And then he goes on, and, and, and what we read in verse 3 is it says, Abram fell face down in act of worship and submission. He, he falls face down realizing that, man, I gotta, <laughs> this is time to, to give up. This is time to fall flat on our face and say, God, you are in charge. You are the one. Forgive me for anything that I've taken control of. And God, I recognize you as the almighty God. That's what we just sung. He's the God who changes lives. He's the God who makes things happen, not us. We're just the instruments to bring in healing and health and wholeness and deliverance and power and all the things God wants to bring to this world. We're just the instruments of that. We are not the controllers of it. And he falls face down and he, 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 he begins to worship God. And God said to him, as for, me and, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram, which means exalted father. <clears throat> you, your name will be Abraham, father of a multitude. For I have made you a father of many nations. And remember, he, Abram's still thinking, okay, Ishmael must be the dude because he's the only kid I got, right? <clears throat> and he's the only kid I got. Here's one powerful truth. When, when the name changes, understand that the, your name, your physical name, our, our, my, like Ricardo, God isn't all that concerned about. What he is concerned about is what my purpose is. So you have a name. It's the name of your calling. It's the name of your destiny. It's the name of your reason for being. It's the name. When you, you get called mom, you have a divine calling. When you get called dad, you have a divine calling. When I'm called Oko, which means, which is short for loco, but really called grandpa, that's my nickname in my, my, for my grandkids, they call me Oko. I think they were thinking loco, but I didn't, I'm just trusting they didn't know that name or that word. It's Oko. But when I'm called that, there's a divine responsibility I have to, trans, to, to transfer what Jesus has done in my life to their lives and let them know that God is real and powerful. There's a, there's, there's a responsibility, and we have a, a calling. That title that you bear is not your name, but your purpose. And that's what, that's what Abraham is beginning to experience. It's not who he is by name. It's who he is by purpose, that he will be the father of many nations. And so God goes on to explain the promise. He explains that I will make you very fruitful in verse 6. He says, I will make you very fruitful. He says that I'm going to give you nations and I'm going to give you more people than, 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 than the sands uh, than, than the count of the sand on the earth. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you incredibly fruitful. And again, Abraham's probably taking this in and going, okay, yeah, that's going to all be through Ishmael. And then God says, I want to make a covenant with you. And a covenant is a binding promise. There's, you know, we, we kind of go, I promise, or uh, I pinky swear, or we do these crazy little things that we, we say are, are, are connections or, or good for our word. But when God makes a covenant, 
He makes a serious covenant. This one is especially serious because the covenant is based on an act that he asked Abraham to do, and it's called circumcision. I'm not going to go into detail. But that is a, wait, what? Moment. You, you, uh, God, you want me to, what? <laughs> you you want to make this covenant because, by, by doing what? <laughs> That's uncomfortable, right? That's, I mean, it's even uncomfortable to talk about. It, it's like, circumcision, what? But that's what God says. This will be a sign. This is a symbol of the covenant, this promise that I'm going to make with you. If you do this, you will show your faithfulness to me, and I will, I will follow through on my promise. And can you imagine what Abraham said? Because uh, God says, I want you to go and circumcise everybody. Your kids, your family, your, 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 uh, the, the people that work for you, everybody gets circumcised. And can you imagine what they heard? Hey, guys, God told us we all need to be circumcised. Wait, what? I just work for you, man. I got a what to work with you? Yeah, yeah. That's craziness. It's crazy talk. <clears throat> and it says, any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Wow. God makes it serious that there's a covenant. There's a something that puts us and him together. And today, that, that circumcision happens in our heart. Here's in Romans verse uh, chapter 2, verse 28, it says, A person is not a Jew who is only one outwardly, nor is circumcision mer- merely outward, outward and physical. No, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is cir- circumcision of the heart by the Spirit, not by the written code. Such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God. We are circumcised in our heart when we sacrifice ourselves and give ourselves completely and totally to God. That's the whole symbolism. And so when, when Jesus died on the cross and he gave himself to us, when we receive that same sacrifice he gave to us and we make the same sacrifice back, that circumcision happens in the heart. And that, that symbol of commitment, that symbol of covenant, what we just recognize is the, the broken body and the blood, our, that covenant that Jesus said, this is my covenant with you, that now your sins are forgiven. That's powerful. That's powerful, and that sin has been forgiven, and that covenant has been made, and praise God. Um, Circumcision is not a requirement, at least for any religious purposes. Verse 15 says this, God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah, which means princess. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Wow. And again, this changes the whole perspective of Abram, right? Or Abraham now, because now it's he and Sarah that are having babies, not he and Hagar and Ishmael, the fruit of uh, <clears throat> that, that relationship. So something's happening, the transition is happening, and Abram's realization that, hey, my idea was not God's idea. Ishmael is not the solution. And so he changes Sarai's name to Sarah, and now we have Abram and Sarah. Abraham, in verse 17, says, Abraham fell face down. He laughed 
and said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at, age, at the age of 90? Abraham, and Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. He still wants to figure it out for God. He still wants to make it happen. Hey, God, I got the guy. Can you just put the blessing on him? And God is saying, nope, it's my way or the highway. It's my way. This is the way I planned it. This is the way I want it. And, and you guys, God has a, such a plan for each of our lives. And he has a plan for this church. And I believe with, uh, with every ounce of energy that we just simply need to hear his voice and obey him. And when we walk in that obedience, the power of the Holy Spirit is going to go before us and behind us and with us, and we're going to see amazing things happen. They're going to be wait what moments because we're going to be asked to do things that we're like, wait, 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 wait. But God's going to say, no, go. And when we go, the power follows. And the blessing happens. And we see those great things take place. He laughed. Why did he wait till Abraham was 100 or 99 and Sarah was 90? Most commentators believe this, and I believe it as well, that the reason is, is that their bodies need to be completely dead before God would truly get the glory. Right? Because Ishmael was born out of a live body, Abraham at 75, God bless his soul, was still healthy enough to have babies. Sarah wasn't. They'd been trying and couldn't do it. And so Abraham had a, an earthly way of making a baby at 75. Or actually, it was later than that. I'm sorry. But now his body is dead. The Bible says it's as good as dead. And, and will a son be born to a man 100 years old? In other words, how ridiculous is that? That's a, that's a wait, wait, what? Can you imagine some of us in, in, in this crowd right now, online or on site, God coming up to you and saying, you're going to have a baby. And I'm like, uh-uh. It's not happening. And God's saying, you wait and watch. I finally got you where, you where I want you. I got you at the place where it's not up to you. It's up to me. And the only way that it can happen is by me. If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. I, I love this. It says God's opportunity does not come until man's extremity is reached, until we get to our end. And then we say, okay, okay. And God's like, I wish you guys didn't have to learn that way. I wish you could learn by, by just obeying. If you'd obey the first time around, we wouldn't have this problem. But I'm patient. And that's another beautiful thing that happens here is that God is like really patient with Abraham. He could have said, hey, you messed up back here and that's the end of it. I'm, I'm going to go find somebody else to be faithful for me. Instead, Abraham continues to experience God's love and grace. And he still has that calling on his life and God follows through with his promise and he ends up giving birth to a child nine months later. Then God said in verse 19, <clears throat> yes, but your, he, after he says, is Ishmael, can Ishmael get the blessing? God says, yes, but your wife Sarah will, be your, will, will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him 
as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. So that promise remains that Isaac is going to be the one that has the covenant promise. And then later on it says that, and God says, I will bless Ishmael. He will go and he will, he will be the father of many nations. He will, um, he will be blessed, but he won't have the covenant promise. On that very day, on verse 23, it says, Abraham took his son Ishmael and all those born in his household and, brought, uh, and, and bought with his money every male in his household and circumcised them as God told him. And that was complete follow-through on, on Abraham's part. God bless Abraham, poor, poor staff. You know, that was a staff that was down for a few days. Okay? Then later on, three more people come, and three more angelic beings or who they are, come in verse in chapter 18. And they, they visit Abraham. Abraham sees them from afar. He says, oh man, these guys are special. And he drops everything and he says, let's cook them a meal. And he says, let's wash your feet. And so they get uh, the best bread, the best meat, and they have this meal. And these three are likely Jesus and two other angelic beings. We are not told who they are. We're not told exactly who they are, but we are by the inference of the scripture that we find out that they are, uh, that they are, that at least one of them is uh, God. And God is speaking to them. And, and so during that conversation, uh, they ask, where is your wife Sarah? And this is verse 9 of 18. They asked him, they're in the tent, he said. <clears throat> then one of them, verse 10 says, then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. Sarah, your wife, will have a son. So the promise continues. The promise is being affirmed. Again, Sarah, 90 years old, barren, all that time is now going to have a son at 90. Okay? Just imagine if, if you're, you're aged at all in this crowd, imagine yourself having a baby right now. I, I can't imagine the energy that I would need to raise a child. And I'm so glad to be a grandpa and Oko. All right? <clears throat> Then the passage goes on, it says, Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. This keeps coming through as the theme. That's just the, the theme is, God is able to do what we can't imagine. Right? So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure, this pleasure of having a baby? She laughed. Then the Lord said to Abram, Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? And here's, here's the key verse. Verse 14 of chapter 18. Is anything too hard for the Lord? This is the Lord talking to Abraham. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. I love what an author by the name of Arthur Pink said. He said, now until our own powers are dead, will God act in grace? And we can either volunteer for that or we can just wait until it happens. We can wait until all of our powers are dead and we come to the very end of our rope and we think that, that nothing is ever going to happen, that God isn't going to follow through. Or we can surrender today and say, God, you are in control. You are El Shaddai, God Almighty. You are the one in charge. Forgive me for taking control. 
Forgive me for taking control. And today is the day where I believe and the beginning, the third, January 3rd of 2021, we can make a decision with the vision in mind that God wants, to, wants us to participate in the miraculous life change of people. And the only way to do that is to say, God, I'm willing to do that now instead of waiting until I'm near death, until I'm incapable of doing anything else to show your power. Which would you rather have? Let's do it today, huh? Let's surrender today. Let's acknowledge that God is in control today. Let's believe that he is the one that's all powerful, that he can change the lives of those that we can't even imagine getting saved. Let's believe that he can heal the bodies. Let's believe that he can deliver the, the addict and the, and the circumstance. Let's believe today and let's act in faith. I don't get what God wants and I don't have all the answers to everything, but I do know this, that when he says, do it, let's do it. I don't want to wait till everything dies. Everything goes dead. In chapter 21, we read this, and we'll, we'll wrap it up with this. The birth of Isaac. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. I don't know about you, if you highlight, you memorize scripture, you do anything, that's a great one to keep in mind. And the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised, and the Lord did for Paul what he had promised. The Lord did for Roberta what he had promised. The Lord did for Gracie what he had promised. We could go all through the crowd here and just say, and the Lord did and will do what he has promised. And if we will stand on that, and Sarah said, and this is a little bit later on in the passage of, of uh, chapter 21, said, Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Who would have ever said that? No one was going to say it. Abraham's 99, and Sarah's 90, and who's going to tell them, hey, Sarah, you're going to nurse a baby in a year from now? No one's going to say that, because we don't believe that. We don't believe that that happens, Right? But God knew what he needed to do to bring about the miracle. And who would have said that Junior, uh, Journey Church Ventura would be a part of a revival moment in Ventura? Who would have said that a year ago, two years ago? Who would have said, we're going to have a revival moment? I believe it with all my heart. I believe it with every ounce of my energy. I'm going to give myself completely to it. I'm going to die to who this person is so that God can do what he wants to do in this county. And I know you want to do the very same thing, and I'm asking you to do that. Who would have said you would be able to touch the lives of some of the most difficult people to reach? Who would have said that? Who would have said you'd be the person to lead a, a gang member to Christ? Who, who would have said that you would have lead your coworker to Christ that you believe is an atheist and would never have anything to do with God? Who, who, would, who would ever tell you to, that you're going to be a part of that process? Most people would go, hey, give up on that guy. Give up on that gal. They don't believe in Jesus. And God's saying to you today, go tell them your story. It's not about you. It's about what God did in you and has done in you. It's your story that no one can take from you. 
Who would have said that our baptismal would be used weekly to baptize new believers? I'm believing that, that a year from now, we will have to keep our baptismal out all the time. And baptize people as they get saved and experience God and go public with their faith. Who would have said that Journey Church Ventura would be frontline life changers for the needs of Ventura? I believe that Journey Cares is not just just about holiday tips. It's not just about... um, Uh, uh, ministering to um, uh, single moms or single parents, but it's about making a radical difference in our community through meeting the needs of our community. I believe God's going to give us an inroad and an avenue to do that. I believe that single moms oil change is a part of that. I believe that we're going to continue to have Journey Cares initiatives like holiday tips and different things that begin to plant the seeds of hope and joy and peace in our community. Who would have said that our influence as a body, as Journey Church Ventura, will have ripple effects throughout generations? When we get our college going, and we get, when we get internships going, and we begin to train people to live for God with everything they've got, who would have ever said that a year ago, two years ago? Plenty of doubters, but I don't doubt God. Who would have said that the Spirit of God will be so powerfully present that people won't be able to do anything but tell others about His presence at Journey Church Ventura? In your life, I believe God's going to do something unbelievable. The impact of our faithfulness now will have a ripple effect through generations and generations and generations. What do we need to be reminded of? First of all, that God is almighty. And nothing is too hard for him. And that he wants to do miracles through you and me. He wants us to be a part of the miraculous life change process in the lives of others. He wants us to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover his love, grace, and forgiveness. Are you there? Are you there? Are you ready to be a part of that movement, to join in, and to be a collective energy that just begins to expand and grow and see God do more than we could ever imagine, think, or believe. Huh? Is God able? It's not up to us. It's not up to just our our creative little minds. It's up to His all-powerful ability to do whatever He promises to do. And I believe today is the beginning of a new stage in our life. You're going to see two irresistible services for adults and kids starting on February 21st. You're going to see a discipleship effort that we have called CORE take place. You're going to see Journey 101 take place in the near future to introduce everyone that's new or even you guys to who Journey is and what we're all about. You're going to see an invite initiative that will cover hundreds of people. We're going to, we've just created these little cards and I believe these little cards, I'm praying over them right now. I've showed them to you before, this little card right here. I believe this little card is going to be something that will transform our community. What does it say? Be my guest. That's it. That's it. Be my guest. Sundays, 10 a.m. We'll have to change that because there'll be more services later on. But Sundays at 10 a.m., we want to see as many people come to Christ as possible. And the only way that's going to happen is for us to invite our friends, our strangers, co-workers, whoever. It, it's going to take faith. It's going to take faith believing that God is able to do what we cannot do. 
Are you willing to surrender? Are you willing to acknowledge that God is almighty? Are you willing to say, God, here I am. Use me as you choose. I don't know how he's going to do it. There's going to be those wait, what moments? You're going to feel like Abraham and Sarah where it's like, no, that, 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 that has passed. That opportunity has gone. I, I can't, we can't do that anymore. I'm not young enough. I don't have it. Hey, by the way, as you can see, age does not matter to God. Anything can happen here, right? That gives hope for several of us in the crowd. God is going to do amazing things. Father God, I thank you and I praise you for this message today that put on our hearts that you, that nothing is too hard for you. And forgive us, God, for taking the shortcuts, thinking that we know a better way, thinking that we know our own way, that we can solve our own problems or we can fill your promises with our ideas. Lord, it's not possible. And we ask forgiveness and we pray that the power of your Holy Spirit will move on us like never before. God, that it will become a reality that your presence and power will be so strongly felt here and everywhere we go that people could do nothing more than recognize you and fall to their knees in repentance and acceptance of your salvation. Help us, God, in the name of Jesus to be the, the, the powerful believers that you want us to believe and, 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 and be. And I pray that your guidance, your direction, your love, your grace will be expressed through all of us. Lord, I believe that even now people are sitting in their chairs at home or, or here on site, and I believe that there's fear. There's, there's doubt. There's, there's those feelings of, yeah, we've heard this before. We've been told that before. And God, I just pray that you make this a new day and a new message and a fresh, a fresh message. Lord, to get into our hearts the reality that you desire more than anything to bring people to you and to experience your love and grace and to experience your forgiveness and salvation. And God, that we can participate in a revival moment that we've never imagined that we still can't imagine. But with your help, we can be part of it and be part of seeing something radical happen in our community, in our county. Lord, I pray for the power of your Holy Spirit to move in a, in a real way right now in Jesus' name. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're online. Maybe you're here on site and you have yet to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to give you that opportunity right now by just simply acknowledging what we already remembered in communion. That Jesus died on a cross for you so that your sins could be forgiven, so that my sins could be forgiven. And he rose again the third day so that you and I could have eternal hope because he defeated death, hell, and the grave. There's nothing that is more powerful than who Jesus is and what he can do for your life today. And he wants to transform you as you accept him as your Lord and Savior. So will you just pray this little prayer and believe with me that God can save and redeem your heart if you choose to. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I recognize your work on the cross, that you died so that my sins could be forgiven. And today I accept that forgiveness. And I believe that you were raised from the dead three days later, and today you promise me eternal life. And I accept that eternal life. And I accept my part and place in the body of Christ and in the family of God. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray that in Jesus' name, and I right now accept your salvation for my eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Woo! Yeah.
I hope and pray that that prayer becomes one that you use with your friends, your co-workers, your, your grocery clerk, whoever it might be that you run across and you lead to Jesus Christ because you are going to be part of the miraculous life change of someone's life. And we're going to see it happen and happen and happen and happen again. Amen? Amen. I pray God's blessing on you. And we're, just, we're, we're not going to end with a final song today. We're just going to stand and I'm going to dismiss you with a blessing and a request for the anointing of the Holy Spirit on your life as you leave this place today. God, thank you so much for everything you're doing. Thank you, God, for the, the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for using us to make a difference in this world. And I pray your anointing and blessing on every heart and every mind. We thank you, God, for the power of your Holy Spirit that moves us to, to make a difference. And I pray that that difference would be experienced today and every day in our lives. We pray this all in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.